You made your best decision of the day by joining us in the trenches with Dave Lapham, brought to you by First Star Logistics, as always, coming to you from our outstanding studios, because our guest, Chidabe Awuzie, and I'll tell you what, Chido, he talks about life, he talks about football, he talks about chess, he's a chess master, <laughs> and how chess kind of applies to other parts of his life. He's a very, very articulate, interesting guy who has a very good perspective on everything in life, not just football. And he is a talented football player. There is no question about that. He's come back from that ACL injury and reconstruction as well as anybody possibly could. And the hope, and his hope for sure, is lining up against the Cleveland Browns on the road in the opener. It is my distinct pleasure to welcome to In the Trenches with Dave Lappin, brought to you by First Star Logistics, Bengals cornerback, Chidabe Awuze. And Chido, welcome, and thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for uh, for doing what you've done for the Cincinnati Bengals in the, in, the, in the community. You're a heck of a player, and more importantly than that, you're one heck of a person. I really appreciate that. Uh, coming from you, someone who's walked, you know, my shoes, I, I really do appreciate that. Let's do a little, uh, go in the way back machine a little bit here. Uh, let, let's, let's go to your, your high school days in San Jose, Oak Grove, California high school. Uh, you, you rushed for 1,285 yards, averaged over nine yards a carry, 9.3 yards a carry, 14 touchdowns, 600 yard games, a couple of 200 yard games. You also had two games with over a hundred yards receiving seven more touchdowns. I mean, 21 touchdowns at that point, were you thinking, Hey, I might be a running back or a wide receiver as well as a corner. I mean, were you thinking you could do a lot of things? Oh, no, for sure. I had a lot of ambitions on the offensive side of the ball. Um, it's crazy. Cause my whole life I always saw myself as a running back. Like my inspiration, one of my biggest inspirations to play football was uh, Walter Payton. Just seeing his training and work ethic, and how he used to run the ball, it just seems so magical to me. Um, and then fast forward to like when I was in middle school and high school, it was all Adrian Peterson, you know? So I was always fascinated with running backs and how they used to move. And, you know, when I got out there on the offensive side of the field, it just felt very natural to me. Maybe because I've seen so many highlights and, you know, playing in the streets as a kid with other of your friends, you know, you're always running the ball, trying to make people miss. So, right. yeah, it was one of those places that I just felt really natural at, but you know, corner was where I settled in at uh, because I just saw the technique behind it. You know, every time I play running back, I feel like I can score. So it was just, and it, but it was a natural thing. It wasn't something I trained for. So it was more so that than uh, anything. I mean, on on the defensive side of it, in that senior year, you had a couple of pick sixes. Uh, you you blocked four kicks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the special teams. You you did everything for that football team. I mean, uh, and then and then obviously the, your speed showed up. A 21-7, 200 meters, and then a 22, over 22 feet in the long jump. I mean, that's unbelievable athleticism, man. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I blame my mama for giving me good food in the house. You know, <laughs> it was definitely working on all cylinders. Wasn't sore at all, ever. Really? Yeah, no. Nah, now that I'm 27 and, you know, I'm 
in the NFL facing a lot bigger guys, you know, I, I definitely get sore and didn't have to warm up back then either. But yeah, I was just a little, I was a little freak kid for sure. Man, I guess you must have been. You're you're a good sized corner though. You're six feet and over a couple hundred pounds. I mean, you've got some uh you got some unbelievable body strength. I mean, is your size, do you look at that as a big asset as well as your speed? Uh yeah. I mean, the, the tricky part about corners, you want to be lean enough, you know, to move and to turn your hips and uh to be nimble enough to go against these shifty guys. But you just want to be strong enough to go against the bigger guys and hold your own ground. So um I think always being around that 200 uh, pound mark, you know, for a corner is pretty good. Um, at least for me, for my body type, you know, uh, if I'm if I'm around 200, I know that I'm strong enough to go against the bigger guys, and then I'm nimble enough to go against the littler guys. But if I wasn't playing football, to be honest, I'd probably be like 215, 220. Like I, that's my that's ty- that's my type of body. But really, I have to kind of sacrifice meals and you know uh, train very hard to keep my weight where it is. Man. You're put together, man. So at Colorado, you played corner. You also played played some nickel. I mean, you had back to back seasons your junior and senior year where you had four sacks. I mean, that was a record for cornerbacks for defensive backs. And then you had 13 tackles for loss when you were a junior. That set a record, school record for tackles for loss to that position group. I mean, that that led the conference. I mean, it, it the first time a defensive back ever had 13 tackles for loss uh, in, in conference history. Coaches said, "Go, man, be aggressive. You're the guy. I mean, is that is that what they labeled you as? It go get them." Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, you're digging up all the stats. <laughs> this cool stuff. Because I'll be telling people, man, if you ever need me inside or want me to move around a little bit. Um, but uh, we had a great coach and coach Jim Levitt that came to uh, Colorado, um, and I played nickel before he came. But my junior year, he came and started to use me, and we and we created a position for me, basically called the buff. You know, we called it the buff, and I was basically an outside linebacker in a 3-4 scheme, like not just playing nickel. Like I was actually playing outside linebacker. Oh. I was playing really close to the line. I was in a a defensive lineman stance. You know, I got to cover. I got to rush. I got to, you know, tackle, touch the ball. I got to do a whole bunch of stuff, and he really just wanted me close to the ball. So, um, yeah, that year was a lot of fun, you know, like because still at that point, you know, I'm – I'm still coming from high school, just an athlete, you know, really an athlete. I know DB, I know how to move and everything, but, you right. know, I, I really could run. I really could hit. I could do all the stuff that he wanted me to do. So he, he just tried to find different ways to utilize me because in college, they don't always throw the ball just outside the numbers. You know, you have to face really good quarterback. So he wanted me close to the ball as possible. Yeah. I mean, the closer the ball, the more plays you can make, right? The more involved you can be. And that, uh, that, that, that makes a, makes a heck of a lot of sense in buff because Colorado Buffalo, so you were the king buff. I mean, yeah. you, were, you were the main buff, huh? That's You had that title of buff. I like it. Yeah, that's that's cool. very cool. Uh, what was it like playing in Colorado? I had, I had the pleasure of doing games there. I did some big 12 games, uh, uh, television package that did one year, and a few years, actually. And every time I went to Colorado, man, it was like a postcard, man. It's so picturesque. I'm like, I can understand why people want to come to school here in Boulder, Colorado. It is beautiful. Man, it's a magical place. I always use the word magic because when I go there, it's just like this burst of energy I get um, seeing, you know, old friends, old coaches, um, you know, old, uh, you know, places that I used to stay and hang out at. Um, it's just great, great memories for me. You know, Colorado was a place that when I first got there, 
um, the year before I got there, they, they lost to Sac Sac Sacramento State, you know. They got blown out by Oregon, 72-0, stuff, 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 like crazy stuff was happening. And I never really considered to go there, to be honest. But then when I went there, again, that picturesque vibe you got is the same thing I got. And a lot of the t people that I visited with, we actually ended up committing together. Ah. So, um, yeah, we just decided that we wanted to build something special there. And we were blessed enough my senior year to go to the um, Pac-12 championship and you know, go to a bowl game after it had been like 10, 15 years since they've been to a bowl game. Had a 10-game win season. We were ranked like, I think, seventh or ninth in the country at, at, at you know towards the end of the season, too. So, you know, we made a lot of changes there. And um, unfortunately, they didn't keep it up. But, you know, now with Coach Prime there and everything, I think a lot of excitement's back. So, yeah, really, really good times at Colorado. Yeah, I mean, when I was doing games at Colorado, Coach Mack was there, and he was on—he had a heck of a run at Colorado. Uh, just a great coach, great guy. Um, and and for you to be part of a group that was responsible for the turnaround, that has to give you guys a great feeling of accomplishment, man. Oh, definitely. And uh, Coach McIntyre—he's really at the center of that too. You know, um, Coach Mack before he went to Colorado was at San Jose State, and I remember him the weekend of him offering me. To, to come to San Jose State and him telling me, oh, you should commit, commit, commit this. Literally like a day or two after, I, I read in the newspaper that now he's going, back then we read the newspaper, y'all, but <laughs> I read that he's uh, going to Colorado. I'm like, what the heck, this guy was just telling me to commit there. So I'm like, man, I don't know about Coach Mag. And then, you know, he texts me and is like, Cheeto, you know, you'll, you have an offer here too. You know, you should come visit, check it out. And then I did. And, you know, the rest was history. And Coach Mag really took me under his wing. He taught me how to play DB and he taught me um, you know, a coaching style of how to, you know, play DB. Um, you know, I learned formations, I learned concepts, I learned alignments, I learned assignments of, of safety, nickel corner. And he really, you know, spent a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with me my freshman year. And I think, you know, it's carried on to even to now, you know, all the knowledge that I've garnered from him and, you know, a lot of other coaches that have played a part too, but mainly Coach Mack started that. That's, a, that's interesting. You have a mentor like that and is there a player that was kind of a mentor of yours? And I'm I'm sure you're passing it on. I mean, you're you're a mentor to a lot of guys. A lot of guys look up to you, and a lot of guys seem to come to your locker to get some wisdom in terms of football and life in general, actually. But I mean, is was there any player that uh, mentored you a little bit? Um, so when I first got into the league, I was blessed enough to go to dinner with uh, you know, a player that went to Oak Grove as well, Jabari Carr, who uh he played at San Jose State, and now he coaches. And he also brought Ronnie Lott with him. Ah, so I got to sit down with Ronnie Lott and pick his brain a lot. And for my first two years, I really texted. I texted him anytime like I would hear something or think of something. I would text him, and he would text me back kindly. And I'd be like, "Does he still remember me?" But you know, he would always you know text me back. So I'd be like, "Okay, yeah, he does." And uh, yeah, that dinner really put me on game about the NFL ah. um, and how important it is to capitalize on the moments uh he, he kept he kept repeating the word moments 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 um and he was just like you never know when it's gonna come but you have to be prepared for it um and but they're gonna judge you off of the moments and he just kept repeating moments 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 and that always stuck in my head um so that was early on in my career him and then i've had numerous coaches my parents and then when i got to the cowboys i would definitely say sean lee sean lee was a great mentor of mine um you know, consummate professional, a great teammate, uh, knew when to have fun, knew and, and was always locked in on his mission and job. 
and uh, still a friend to this day of mine. Um, yeah. So, and Coach Wojcik from the Cowboys too was a strength and conditioning coach. Yeah. Of mine. So yeah, just a lot of great football people that have played a lot of football and won championships, and um, I've kind of gravitated towards their you know wisdom and and let it impart on me. So you. You come out of Colorado as a second round pick and uh, you go to the Dallas Cowboys. You have a good career with the Dallas Cowboys. You put up nice numbers and you come to the Cincinnati Bengals as a, uh, as a free agent and, uh, and, and you're making big impact here in Cincinnati and your, your first career playoff interception happens in Super Bowl 56. So take us through that play. I mean, that, that had to be a lot of fun. Yeah. I remember, um, like the first half of the game, I was playing a little more off coverage than usual against like certain splits. Like, you know, the receiver would be condensed, but I like to get up there and, and, and press, you know? And uh, there was like maybe one or two plays I played off. And I think Coach Lou noticed it. And I have something like, Cheeto, go up there and get these guys, you know, go up there and get, be aggressive. I'm like, yeah, Lou, well, you're right. <laughs> so <laughs> play, I literally just like, it was a condensed split. I line up and press. And like I try to get my hands on the guy and I disrupt him a little bit and he starts to run his route. And by the time the quarterback throws the ball, you know, the timing's off now. So the ball gets there a little early or he turns his head a little late, tips it up and I catch it. So, um, yeah, thank thank Coach Lou for my Super Bowl interception, giving me the confidence to go up there and uh, press those guys. So that's awesome. That's that's a heck of a memory for for you and all Bengal fans, for sure. I know. that you're a Christian. And I know that's extremely important to you. And uh, I, I remember you saying, I remember a quote that you have, my faith is everything, you know, and I, football is a platform for you, for your faith. Talk about uh, how Christian, how being a Christian is is so meaningful to you. Oh, it's very important. I think um, I've always been of the faith my whole life, but it was always kind of like my parents' faith when I grew up, you know, going to church because, you know, they tell you to go to church and you wake up late and you're like, you know, ah, you know, that type of vibe towards going to church. But then when you go, you always feel fulfilled. But when I got to college, that's when I really like faced some adversity in my life to where I didn't have nowhere else to turn except opening up my Bible. And then when I opened up my Bible, I realized that I had been borrowing faith. I hadn't really invested into my own, you know, faith in my own, a knowledge of, you know, uh, the Christ- Christianity and Jesus Christ and, you know, God, his character and all that stuff. So um, that's when I really took time to, uh, you know, grow that relationship. And when I did, it kind of replaced a hole in me where I was judging myself, usually off of my performance at football, to be honest. And I think a lot of athletes, we suffer from this, we, or even performers, anytime you have to be your best, you know, you kind of judge yourself on how good did I do or, you know, why didn't I do it this way? And when I replaced that with God, I never like had a need to feel uh, fulfilled from what I'm performing in. As long as then now I know my character is to do my best no matter what. And if I fail, then at least I failed doing my best, you know? At right. least I failed with a prepared mindset, you know, with a, with a full heart, with clear eyes, clear, clear mind. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like that was what, what was in my control. and. Yeah, that really grew on me, and, and that message has helped other people that I know also kind of like just relax, calm down. So, yeah, it's everything to me. Hmm. That's awesome. Um, I, I know chess is an important uh, scenario in your life as well. You're an avid chess player, and you've won NFL uh, 
chess tournaments. You know, I mean, you, you've won the uh, tournaments that NFL players have competed in. Are you a, are you a chess master? I mean, are you uh, how what what's the deal? What's your what's going on with chess? How how did that become so important in your life? Uh, chess is just a great game. A great uh, it's just a great competitive you know field too. I think in college is when I really got into chess. In business class, we used to just uh, have laptops in our class. Me, Brian Severson, and Joey Tuggle, two of my teammates. And we, we, we would be, I mean, it's econ class, so they'd be, it'd be going for a long time. We would just get on our laptops and start playing against each other in, in chess. So <laughs> I guess that's where the, uh, you know, the love for it came. And when you when you lose in chess, you really, it really hurts because you're like, damn, this dude, he think he's smarter than me? You know what I'm saying? Like, how did he, how do you find that move? Like, I could find that move. You know what I'm saying? So from there, you know, it kind of just grew. And I used to play every now and then. But then when Amari Cooper got to the, Cowboys, that's when it really like just escalated because then we were playing every day. Really? After practice, we're staying back for about an hour or two, playing playing chess, talking lot, talking life, talking football, talking different stuff, talking faith too. Um, so yeah, that's when it really became like a hobby. And chess has opened a lot of doors for me, and I'm thankful to the game. Uh, and it also has taught me a lot about life. You know, in chess, you have a king, you have a queen, you have rooks, you have bishops, knights, and then you have pawns. And, all of those pieces can be seen as like priorities in life, you know, like, okay, some things you need to sacrifice for the greater good. Some things you need to hold on to, you need to prioritize it's, it's safety so that someone that something doesn't attack it, you know? Um, right. And that feel like that's a great picture of life and also pattern recognition. Like when I'm in a position in chess that I've been in before, I can recall like, okay, I've been in this position before. What was the move that I used before that was good or that was the best move, you know? So now, like when I see a stem of a receiver or I see an alignment of a receiver, I'm able to put it into a box. Like, okay, I'm only going to get three, these three routes off of this alignment. Okay, now he did this stem. Okay, that eliminated one. Now I'm only going to get two. Oh, now he's chopping. Okay, now it has to be this route. It's anticipation, you know? So I think chess has really helped me in that, in that facet for real. So the, the analytical aspect of chess, it, it applies. You carried over to football. I mean, you're very analytical thinker on the football field as well. I mean, that, uh, that has obviously held you in good stead. There's, there's no question about that. Amari Cooper, isn't he the one that you won, you beat to, uh, win the title in the yeah. NFL, uh, tournament? Yeah. Me and Amari's story is kind of, kind of, uh, you know, it's having a, it's having a crazy plot line, I would say, because yeah. he's the person I went against and he's one of my you know best friends, one of my good sure. friends. Um, he's also the person I went against, you know, when I tore my ACL. So, wow. It's like, it's just a funny, crazy, and then we're opening against them, you know. So it's just, it's just a funny timeline, honestly. <laughs> really, AFC North, like it's just, it's funny. That that's crazy because it, it's it's um, <clears throat> the ACL injury took place on Halloween against the Cleveland Browns. Amari Cooper, like you mentioned, and the opener that is your goal. That's what you're gearing for uh, this year is Cleveland, up in Cleveland. Uh, so it's it's almost like Twilight Zone. Da, 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 da. I mean, there's some there's some crazy stuff going going on there. Do you feel like you're right on track, Cheeto? Do you feel like you're um, barring any setback whatsoever that you know you you'll be good to go? Uh, that would be a hope of mine for yeah. sure, and I think everybody in the building hopes for that. But uh, these these things, I mean, again, I I, I understand and I respect this injury 
enough to know that there are some times where something may happen or I may be uncomfortable or, you know, um, I'm not fully up to speed, whatever it may be, you know, even though that may not be the case, I know that this injury has taken people more time than not, you know, and there is a safety precaution towards it too. But in my head, you know, like I said, like after four months, I was like, okay, I want to play, you know, yeah. so I, I'm a, I'm a warrior, but at the same time, I also have to be, you know, my best advocate. So um, I want to play, but I can't, I don't want to predict the future and jinx my future, you know? So right. I'll leave it at that. But I do remember like early on, I, I guess it was the four month mark. You, you mentioned like you felt like you could go on it. It's like miraculous. It, you, you're obviously like you, you mentioned your, um, your gene pool is extraordinary. I mean, you're, you're a genetic phenomenon and, and, and for you to recover like you've recovered and watching you now out there at training camp seven on seven and in team reps and you're flipping your hips and running. I'm like, man, Cheeto looks like he's, he's ready. Here's Cheeto. He's back. It's amazing. Watch you, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a blessing for sure. I think, uh, you know, it's not, it's, it's, it's the strength that I have, but also the strength that I, you know, rely on, uh, obviously from above and obviously from my family and, and, and the trainers and people who have helped me because, there is a mental aspect of this thing. You know, sometimes it takes somebody saying like, Cheeto, go, go after it, you know, like, let's see, you know what I'm saying? And I think, you know, coach Lou, especially after like the first week, he just, he just looked at me and was like, it's just football, you know, <laughs> like in a funny way and I'm laughing while I'm winding up. So yeah, those are the people that are around me and support me. So it's really their strength that I lean on. Lou Anarumo and, and Cheeto. I mean, that's like one plus one equals three. <laughs> the, the, the relationship you guys have in the football IQs. I mean, that's like, you guys are both football geniuses and to, I, I can imagine the conversations that go on meeting rooms, even on the football field, the things you're talking about, the adjustments you're talking about making. I mean, that's gotta be a, a lot of fun. It's gotta be an exciting time for you to be affiliated with Lou Rumo and coach Burks and, all the what about the young corners, Cheeto? You're you're mentoring some young guys now. What about these young corners you just drafted? Man, they are uh, they are they are picking it up, you know, quick, and they're they're still curious for more. You know, I've seen so much growth in both of those guys. They've always looked good, you know, in drills and stuff. But you know, the the knowledge of the game, they're starting to pick it up, and also seeing that they have a lot of room to grow in like the film room, like you know, how to watch film and this, that, and the other. That's what I'm really excited to, you know, once I do, once I do have a chance, you know, it's been camp, we've been busy, but once we do have like a day where we really can you know, talk, I want to, I've told them before, I want to like kind of teach them how to watch film. And I think like that'll take their games like to a, to a whole nother stratosphere because the athleticism there, the technique is there. They do have the, um, you know, smarts to play this game, but once they start to key in on things and, like I said, prioritize certain, uh, you know, eliminating certain uh, threats on the field as well and pattern recognition. I think that's just going to become hell of a players. I think both of them have done an amazing job and I'm excited to see how their career unfolds. You guys are so fast. I mean, the team speed is incredible, but the speed at the corner position, it's unreal. And then throw safeties in there too. I mean, you get safeties that are running sub four, three. I mean, this football team, has speed. I mean, it's so fast and, um, and, and smart, you know, it's, it's, it's speed and smarts. That's a, that's an unbelievable combination. 
I guess I wanted to ask you too, is, is you guys had started, you know, meeting real early in the morning on your own as a group of defensive backs and going over things that you're talking about, things that guys had seen and everybody helping each other out in terms of preparation. Uh, are those, are those morning sessions going to continue Cheeto? Those, those had become legendary. Yeah. Yeah. No, they must, they must. I mean, that's a competitive edge that, you know, we've, uh, built here. Um, I think Vaughn Bell was the one who started it. And right. it's only right that me, you know, Mike Hilton, uh, JD, Mike Thomas pick up that torch where he left off. And, you know, I think when we first came here, it was very helpful for us to kind of learn, you know, the the vocabulary of our of our defense and also the mindset. And, you know, it's kind of like a meeting that once the coaches leave, now we can start to complain a little bit and be like, okay, uh, what y'all think about this? You know, da, 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 da. And then we kind of create a solution and we run it back to the coaches. And maybe it's the same thing that the coaches said, but just said in a different way or explained in a different way. And now we're all on the same page. So uh, it's just a great, 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 great session that we always going to have, I think, here at the Bengals. If someone drops it off, that's going to be them, but it won't be us. <laughs> that's, good. that's good to hear. That's great news. And, and to me, when the players take control, when it's, when it's a player-driven thing like that. And, you know, it's a, in addition to what the coaches are doing. We love what the coaches are doing. I mean, you guys give us great info, But, you know, we, we're going to take some responsibility and ownership ourselves. When the players do that, man, then you got something uh, very strong going there. There's yeah. there no two ways about that. That's that's huge. For sure, for sure. I think uh, this is rare. You don't, you don't have people that are invested like this uh, as a collective unit in the NFL that often. And when you do, you try to hold on to it as long as you can. And the other part of it is the coaches are smart enough to listen to you guys because yeah. they know you know what you're talking about. I mean, some sometimes you run into coaches like, yeah, I'm the coach, you're the player. That's the way it is. You guys, the dialogue, I mean, I see it on the practice field all the time. You guys yeah. are talking things through. And, I mean, it's, it's just a great exchange of information out there on the football field. Yeah, no, I think uh, – Football in its purest form, we're getting close to that, you know, just a football environment, you know, where all things are, you know, welcome, you know, in terms of suggestions, in terms of, you know, trying to push to create the best uh, call or adjustment technique, you know, all things are welcome. And one thing that coaches do here is respect us as, you know, players and respect us as veterans and respect us as people who do have some knowledge of the game. You know, I've been places where, you know, the player's voice has kind of been, you know, shut down, but you know, here it's like, it's just open. And if we're wrong, then, you know, they explain it to us and, you know, they're, they're, they're never wrong pretty much, but sometimes it just takes a little bit more explaining for us to understand it. And we always get on the same page. So, yeah. Cheeto, can't thank you enough for carving time for us. You're, you're an awesome football player and even, uh, even better human being and um, stay healthy, have a great year and appreciate your time. Thank you, brother. This is this is great. Great, great start to my morning, man. So I appreciate you having me on in the trenches. Me too. I'm glad you joined. Me. I, I mean, this is better than 18 cups of coffee. You're the man. <laughs> for sure, my brother. Dave Lapham here, and every day I am grateful for my experience to have played professional football. As a player, I realize self-motivation leadership, and appreciating your teammates are key. At First Star Logistics, you can use those same attributes to create the life you want for you and your family. Build your future by working hard like I did. You'll see results both on and off the field. Call First Star Logistics today and be part of our winning team.